Hello, and welcome to Unsheathed with your hosts, Kyle Gold and Cam Hirosaki. We hope that you enjoy the program. Please stick around afterwards. There'll be cake and blowjobs. Hi, welcome to Unsheathed number 41. I am, as always, Foxy Kyle Gold. And I am Slippery Cam Hirosaki. And we're coming at you with another round of questions. This week, uh, focusing on writing process again. We're uh, almost, the month of June is almost upon us. I know, May went by fast. Yeah, it really kind of did. Somewhere, uh, FA United is going on. Yep. And Rocket City Fermeet is going on. Yep. And just down the road, Baycon is going on. Then uh, next weekend, isn't What the Fur going on in Montreal? Oh, is it? Yeah. Wow. A convention for every weekend. There you go. For all seasons. Um, I believe there are some majors are being presented at FA United, but um, we have not heard anything from our sources on the ground there, so maybe that's happening tomorrow. Not quite the end of the weekend as we record this. By the time you hear it, they will hopefully have, have been, been presented. Announced. I got my webby little pause cross for X. Yay. I can win as part of a group. Yeah, we're hoping it does well. Uh as far as our personal projects, I don't have much to report. I'm still working through the edit and draft of the Out of Position sequel, but I think I might have a title for it, which is exciting. That's good. Let uh, let people know when that happens. But uh, Hirosaki-san has some I do. news. I have great news. Yeah, I finished the uh, my first draft of my upcoming novel called Summerhill. Um, it needs a lot of work. It's not very good. The main character's story arc is not really very clear, and there's a lot of character motivation in there that doesn't make sense. And I need to, I need to uh, borrow Foosball's hacksaw to uh, use a phrase there, and just you know, really, it's going to be a few months before that sort of sees more of the light of day. But uh, I got a draft done, which was an excuse for me to go out and eat raw fish and ply myself with alcohol. Congratulations! Absolutely, that's a that's an accomplishment. And uh, Kit has upgraded me from wine to like a sort of strawberry mint lemonade margarita thing. It's really good. Except I'm pretty sure it's not tequila. I, th- I thought it was vodka. It is vodka. I don't know if it was vodka or rum. I couldn't taste it over the, the delicious fruit flavors. I don't know if there's a name for that with vodka. I think if it was rum, it'd be a daiquiri. I think it's just a spiked frozen lemonade in its current form. <laughs> It's Vodka delicious. Lemonade. That's what it is. Vodka lemonade. But yeah, congratulations on the first draft. Um, I'm sure Foos will lend you his hacksaw with great relish. The motion, not, <laughs> not the condiment. Not, not grape relish. Not that grape. would be. I bet. It, I bet if you had had that on like a dessert type thing, that might not be bad. Yeah. Although all I can think now is, why is he tying them to the radiator? <laughs> Look at the way she's dressed. She's totally asking for it. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to some questions. And so our first question comes from faithful listener Torendane. He says, do you find that your environment influences or inhibits your creative flow? Do you have music that you listen to or silence? If you do, what kind of music? Purely instrumental, free of vocals, lyrics, which might distract you, or does that not affect you? Uh, environment definitely affects me. I can't write at home most of the time. Like 98% of the times where I'm writing, I need to be out of the house. If I'm in the house, I won't get any writing done. I can kind of write 
anywhere. I, I wish can, I could. Uh, I, I, Kit has actually um, exclaimed that I may be a mutant of some sort because he's seen me writing while there's a TV program on, and I'm also reading a book when I'm not yeah. writing, and uh, like then taking breaks to play solitaire games. And I don't know how you do that either. But uh, yeah, I can I can write pretty much anywhere. I like to have music on. I had a playlist called Writing, which was just instrumentals. But honestly, any music that I know well enough to be able to tune it out is just fine. Yeah, I usually listen to music too. It doesn't matter to me if it's instrumental or if it has lyrics. Mainly because lyrics don't really distract me anyway. Uh, I just sort of hear the human voice as part of the music. Yeah. Um, And what I listen to vaguely depends on the mood of the story I'm writing, but there's no real hard and fast rule. Yeah, same Lady Gaga always works. <laughs> I think Your mileage may vary. That statement's true in many contexts. Well, hey. But yeah, so I think that should hopefully answer that, at least for us. Again, your mileage may vary. Moving on here. Hello, Kyle Gold and Hirosaki-san. First, thanks for the podcast. I want to add a follow-up to my last email. First, the baller named Zitcat was given to me by Buck Hopper, so it's okay for me to use it. That's good. We're going to be running those by him to make sure he gives them his stamp of approval. Second, I love the last show where Kyle read his unpublished story. Uh, this must be a couple of weeks old. He has a really yeah, lovely speaking voice, similar to Saverin from Notcast. Do you, wow. I don't think That's you sound that much like Saverin. And I Saverin, guess, Saverin I guess when, when, I'm doing, when I'm doing my Saverin voice, maybe I can hear a certain resemblance. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> now to a question I've begun writing a film noir style story for my Sarah and Dorothy cases I have a character who is French a spicy dangerous cat for whom my two main characters will be interacting what I am wondering is should I and possibly how put the French spoken language into the conversation this Molly the female cat can speak English but I think it would be interesting to add some French phrases or words to throw off my characters if I do this, should it be written in English with special markers, such as indicating foreign words, or should I just use a translator and write the actual words in French? Anyway, once again, love the show. Your Eastern Washington listener, Running Cat. Well, peppering your conversation with foreign words is a good way to establish a character's ethnicity, but I would say don't overdo it. Yeah. Um, Certainly don't put any key dialogue. Yeah. into a language that your reader isn't going to understand. There are a couple kind of stock French phrases that everybody knows, yeah. and you can get away with having your French characters say things like merci and right. zut alors. But you, you, you run into a high risk of making them sound like stereotypes after a while, where it's like, sacre right. bleu, you know, and you right. just sort of run into like almost cartoonish. French people do not say sacre bleu, by the way. Do oh, not, I, I, do I really not admit they that. don't. Do not use that. In general, I would recommend not going through a translator and using foreign words if you're not familiar with the language yourself. Yeah. It's really tough. I see people try to do that with Japanese all the time. I bet it you do. does not... You you can't just swap words and grammar one for one with English. That's not how Japanese works, trust me. And there's nuances where if she's a native French speaker and you're not, you're not going to be able to write her dialogue convincingly. Um, I would say 
if there's things that she's saying in French and you want the readers to understand what they are, do that uh, syntax you have in your email with the angle brackets indicating foreign words. If you just want to give it sort of a French flair, read up on how French people speak English. Yeah. Kind of the cadences and nuances and, you know, don't fall back on the, oh, the book, she is very pretty. <laughs> that must drive you nuts. <laughs> it's really, I mean, it's, I'm, I can't even think of anything to compare it to. It's like people saying foxes want to have their mouths open all the time and, you know. I was just thinking, I'm I was going to say something like, it would be like bit. if people were like, oh, hero, honorable, otter like that sort of thing. Right. But no, like you had the, to go right for the sex, didn't you? Well, come on. <laughs> we, had to, we had to get the blowjob reference in here, because none of these letters are quite that saucy this time. Uh, I don't know. One of them coming up kind of is. But we'll, we'll get there when we get there. We will get there when we get there. Uh, so that's the that's the recommendation. Thank you for the compliments on the speaking voice in the podcast. We are very glad you're enjoying it, and I personally love reading my stories, so I'll hopefully and keep doing that. I hear that people are entertained by my squeaky indignance. Are you saying you are not? <laughs> are you not entertained? <sighs> Have you finished listening to that podcast, by the way? I got about 10 minutes into it, and I can't bring myself to listen to more, because I know what's coming. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, oh poor me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I hope that helps, and good luck with your uh, film noir story. Yeah, good luck. Hey there, Fox and Otter, and any hypothetical guest you may have. We are guestless today, sadly. I just wanted to write in about your non-writing and or artist listeners and what they get out of the podcast. As an artist, there are definitely things to get. First and foremost, I just like having you guys coming through the speakers when I'm at the drawing table or easel, as it makes me feel like I'm in a studio or at a con with other people talking about their art. More fundamentally, I find that the creative process, though physically different, is very similar mentally. What you say in terms of setting aside regular time to work, prioritizing creation over goofing off, and self-promotion and getting your name out there cross over to visual art almost identically. Also, the idea of practice, repetition, building up to larger projects, and editing are things that artists are familiar with. Practice is obvious, and it's also fairly apparent that most successful large art projects and comics are done by people with lots of experience under their belts. Artists edit, too, and our version of a first draft is the study. Different artists do different levels of studies, but it's basically a practice piece before doing a finished piece. It could be as simple as a stick figure drawing, but personally I almost never pick up a paintbrush or chisel unless I've done a fully worked out pencil or ink drawing, or more likely two or three. That way you figure out what works and what doesn't before investing your time and materials. One final thing before I get back to the drawing board. Since you guys are sharing listener projects, my current project is badgering for submissions to Roar Volume 3. Later on, this will turn into a big editing project, but for the moment, and until the end of June, beginning of July, I'm looking for stories to publish. Since I'm sure lots of your listeners would like to get published, feel free to take a look at the submission guidelines at www.baddogbooks.com. That's all one word, B-A-D-D-O-G-B-O-O-K-S. Buck B-Cut Turner. Wow, the way you rattled off that URL had such lovely cadence to it. It's nice and... Poetic. The way I said it or the way I spelled it? 
the, the way you spelled it out like that with that nice little swishy little rhythm to your voice. And to my tail. That's right. Oh, you always have that. So, yeah, thanks for the letter. Um, definitely, I mean, that stuff crosses over. You, you said it, you know, as well as we could, so. Yeah. Although, I, I, I sort of, the idea of, oh, not ever actually even picking up, you know, anything with, like, a paintbrush or whatnot until you've got all the stuff, you know, inked out, it sort of makes me wish that there was an easier way to just sketch a story other than you still have to put all the words down first. <laughs> but, well, I mean, there's outlining. And yeah. honestly, because the the writing of a story is not a huge investment of materials or anything. That's true. Um, I don't think, I don't feel the need to get my story more set down, finished before I start writing it. Um, I have done outlines on occasion, but mostly what they end up doing is um, showing me how far I've diverged from what my idea of the story used to be. I have thought especially as of late, that I'm really glad that I don't live in the age of typewriters. Yes. I just wouldn't write if that were the case. I'd, I'd have given up a long time ago. Yeah, that that would make things really difficult. Because I just, I'm so slow and plotting and finicky with my words, and I change them so frequently as I'm writing them, and you know, before I even get to the end of a paragraph, if I had to just type out like a page fresh from scratch, I would have just said F this. Yeah, and a lot of the a lot of the guidelines, we've talked about this before, too. I think a lot of the guidelines for writers are holdovers from the time when writing was all typewriter. It makes sense, when you think about it, to do just forge ahead with your first draft and don't worry about edits, don't worry about anything else, just get the basic book down, and then go back through what you've got, do a really, really critical editing job, and then retype the whole thing. In the age of word processors, though... You can write a paragraph, and then if you're not happy with it, just make alterations right away. You can delete something and move it to somewhere else in the story, see how it reads, move it back, take it away. I mean, part of what I'm doing with the novel right now is just I move one scene from earlier in the story to later in the story. I took out a I took out a character, mostly. I'm cutting bits here and there and adding new stuff in, and it's really easy to do. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to get to have a lot of fun with that with my own little project soon enough. But first I have to get back to my secret project, as I promised everyone on Twitter. The secret yes. project, which I previously promised I would start back up again on before MFF, which was half a year ago. So, yeah, I will do that next, I promise. I, now that I have an, another... I was going to say, now that I can say it publicly, I can hold myself to it, but I said it publicly last time. Yeah. Oh well. well, we'll work on getting. This time you to I work. mean it. <laughs> we'll we'll work on getting you to work on that. Yeah, we'll we'll figure out ways to get my rudder to flap in that direction. Moving on again, anyway. as Confuse says, it's all about motivation, prioritization, um, the fact that, and and I think what's interesting is you would think that because writing is more easy now because of the word processing and all that more people would do it and I think more people do but I also think that because it is so easy a lot of people don't take it as seriously yeah I can see that if that makes sense so it's kind of like you know in the old days if you were going to write you sat down at a typewriter and wrote out your page and nowadays if you you kind of 
think like, well, I can just, I'll just write this down and then I'll come back to it later because it's real easy. Yeah. But nowadays there's also way more distractions and stuff, you know? Right. Well, like if you're going to be an artist, you need all this like, you know, materials. And if you're doing digital art, you need special equipment and this and that. If you want to write, all you need is a computer, which we all already have anyway. Right. So, yeah. But next email, Dear Water Fox and Land Otter. I was wondering if the two of you would like to comment on the differences between writing good erotica and, as some of your fellow podcasters have called it, type fucking. I've found in my own experience that not only are they two very separate skills, but the way that you write, the pacing, how long you spend on actions, and so on are all different. I found myself trying to write erotica the way I play online, and the results, yeah. I was curious about what thoughts, opinions, or experiences the pair of you, or others if you have a guest, may have along these lines. Chacal Draconis, Black Panther. Wow, everyone's all about our guests. I know, I'm really amused now that people kind of think that it might be a regular occurrence that we have guests. I guess that means people like them. Yeah, I think we'll (laughs) we'll have to have we'll have to have someone back next week. Maybe we'll drag NotTube in here for podcasting. We haven't had him on in a while. That's true. But yeah, I think that the point here that, you know, writing erotica and writing online RP scenes is very different. Mm-hmm. For one, in that case, you're basically writing for an audience of two. Right. And it's all very immediate in the moment. And things like pacing and whatnot, you're not subject to narrative constraints. You're subject to how long do I want this to take? <laughs> right. And pacing is a factor. Oh, yeah. But you Especially don't... at two in the morning. <laughs> you don't um you don't go into it with an idea of this is the way it's going to pace you kind of settle on it with the with the other party yeah um you and know, that's something you feel out because you don't have sole control over it right if you're doing it right yeah <laughs> um otherwise you just don't type back to them <laughs> no I, I was thinking about a time way 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 back in the when i was a pup of legal age but still fairly young and uh just that look it's giving you right there is distracting me sorry (laughs) um no it was just very amusing because i I was in an online role play with uh a couple people and um one of them just kind of in the middle ended his own session i'll just say it that way (laughs) without regard to what the, the other two were doing um, which really amused me quite a bit. I was like, you're really not about the role play part of this. You're just, you know, doing this to play the home version of your game. <laughs> Roll the dice. Double sixes. <laughs> 100 furry surveyed. Survey Top set. five role plays on the board. Anyway. I've really, I've, I'm, I'm very sad actually that I missed the furry feud from. I think it was, wasn't it, uh, <sighs> Jackby who ran it at Furcon a couple years back? I think it was. I always thought that would have been really funny because I always love Family Feud. Oh yeah, favorite game show though, The Pyramid. Ooh, are you digging back for that one? You could. Well, it. I, I remember when it was the twenty-five thousand dollar pyramid. Later, it was the hundred thousand. Um, I think I remember it when it was twenty five. It started as ten, but I've only seen that on old oh, reruns. Yeah, that was way before my time. Um, but yeah, pyramid 
Pyramid was a great one. Mm-hmm. That would translate well to furry, too. Okay, they've got swishy tails with stripes. <laughs> oh, wait. Skunks. What is a skunk? No, wait, wrong game show. Damn it. <laughs> Harder. Faster. Things, Things you say to a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Things you stick your knot in. <laughs> oh my god, we have to make this happen. This is the best idea we've ever had. We will, maybe we'll do this for our live show. Oh my! Oh oh god! Oh you! I am a quiver with anticipation about this. Uh, this is like the happy fun version of what was happening to me at Unchipness Number Four. Oh, I, I, I have to share with our listeners in case they don't follow your Twitter. That apparently Hirostaki-san had a, a very filling meal last night, and he <laughs> tweeted, "Man, I've not been stuffed this full since the events of Unsheathed Presents Number Four, <laughs> which brought me many moments of delight, and continues to." <laughs> it was certainly a fun night. I'll say that. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll we'll work with Kit on getting a pyramid set up. I mean, if we can, if we can put dialogue up on a screen in the room we can certainly put together a pyramid <laughs> we'll have like the two hundred dollar pyramid it'll, it'll be like yeah 200 fox pyramid <laughs> you do that very well for a swimmy creature yeah we, we churn stuff we make chirpy sounds all right but um did we answer his question oh right erotica the way you write on yeah yeah so it's different write <laughs> it different um, because really, when you're when you're TSing, you just wow that that's dating myself right there. Um, oh, parenthetically, I'm not. I think it was just. I think I know the other podcast he's thinking of, and I think it was only people who wrote in to the show who called it type fucking. I've I've called it that. I think you might have called it that in a letter to them, but maybe but yeah i mean i think that when he's talking about like oh like how long you spend on different actions and whatnot you know if, if like sex is part of a story then you know there's you know pacing that falls in with that if you're just if you're literally just type fucking it's like hey my character and your character having sex there's no need to worry about how this fits in with the greater narrative because there isn't one usually right. and the only the only drive in a type fucking session is getting to the next point yes um Whereas in a story, the the sex fits in a, to the larger context of things, right? And you really have to keep track of that, unless it's just a story about, unless it's just a pure erotica story, right? Which yeah, really is they, they have merits. Yeah, I mean, pure erotica is basically just, you know, I never believed these stories were true, but one day, you know. <sighs> you want to read the last email, Kyle? Sure. Hello, Foxy Butt, and S-O-B, short for Slippery Otter Butt. I was going to say, thank you for clarifying what that stood for. I was going to get offended. I think you still might. I actually have a question and a request for you. First off, I want to say I love your podcast. It really has gotten me back into the thought process of writing. You see, back some years ago, I thought of myself as something of a writer. Unfortunately, I lost interest in a story I was writing and gave up on writing due to lack of interest. I recently got a private message on FA from a fan of my story series. It made me consider picking it back up. Do you guys have any recommendation on how to start writing again after an extended time? 
As for my request, can you two give me two things each to write into a story? My favorite genre is medieval-era fantasy or modern romance. I really appreciate you taking the time to read my email, and I wish you guys luck in your writing endeavors. Aiden, insert clever comment or pun about being a fox here. Okay. Done. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say it. Um, how to start writing again after an extended time away? Do it. Yeah. Just do it every day. Don't Button stop. Chair. Yep. Not much else. I mean, the more you do it, the better you get. Yeah. As long as you allow yourself to learn from it. And there are people who've been writing for a long time and have not gotten better, but that's my recommendation there. Uh, As for the request, two things each to write into a story. Um, I'm, I don't know which genre, but let's each think of two things to, to give him. Okay. I'm going to say a secret message that went astray. Ooh. Yeah, I like that. I was going to say a vial of poison. Also a good one. Um, I'm trying to think of things, just things that would be interesting, but I guess really we can just throw anything in there. Uh, I'm trying to think of things that would fit in either satin. A naked raccoon. <laughs> a naked go. raccoon? That one, well, <laughs> he didn't actually say if it was a erotica story. Doesn't, I guess we, it doesn't need to be erotica for somebody to be naked. That's true. It could be comedy. It could be farce. Um, Documentary. <laughs> all right. And then for the last one, I will say a moonlight dance. Uh, okay. You have to be all classy. It could be a yeah. naked dance. <laughs> Just a forbidden dance. The Lombada. Yes. Gonna say, I'm going to say that like none of our listeners are going to get that reference, but I knew you would. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I was I was around when that movie came out, and it was dumb then. <laughs> yes, it was. Well, we burned through like five more emails. You guys need to send us more. Yeah. Um, we are going to do this editing project, and we've had a request from Foosball to help. So it's I don't know if that Captain makes... Captain Hacksaw himself. Yeah, I don't know if that makes you guys more or less interested in sending things in but remember um, he edits out of hate yes he wants to he wants to prove to you how bad you are so it's his raison he's good at it. the um somebody wrote in to ask about the length requirements for the right sample inches. <laughs> Wait. I, I anticipated you there and don't be sizest i'm not you just were it was a joke. <laughs> um, I would say send in as long of a sample as you like. We will not read all of it if it is beyond a certain length. But what we will do is pick out a part that we think we can edit well. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do that. So, I mean, if there's a specific part that you want us to edit that's about three paragraphs long maybe yeah depending on the size of the paragraph i would say and yeah that's kind of pushing it like yeah 500 words maybe 250 500 ish yeah something in there um, don't give us proust length paragraphs right <laughs> or joseph conrad but so if there's a specific passage you want us to edit that, that, that's that length send it in alone if there's just a story and you want us to um take a look and pick a piece out of it then send us that and 
there's pluses and minuses to both. If you just send us a story, then we can pick the part that we want to edit, but then we'll also have the rest of the story as context to see what you're trying to do with it. Uh, if you just send us a piece on its own, then the piece has to stand on its own, but we'll, that's, that'll be the piece we'll look at. And again, we're just going to pick one or probably two, Yeah, but... You know, feel free to send it in. Don't 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 send entire stories in on the hope that we're just going to go both completely edit your entire story because we're not going to do that. All right. I will dash your hopes and dreams right now, as Foosball would want me to do. <laughs> He'll be so proud of us. Um. So send in stuff, and the email address is unsheathedpodcast at gmail dot com. If you want to get in touch with either of us, I'm Kyle on FA. And Kyle Gold on Live Journal and Kyle Gold on Twitter. And I'm Cam Hirasaki on all three of those. You're much more consistent than I am. Yeah. Um, but uh Yeah, and uh here we go here we go into June. I don't think uh actually since we have June stuff coming up, I don't think either of us is gonna be at Anthrocon. No. Sadly not. Sadly I was there last no. year. I did a book signing last year. But uh I am I'm going to at least put in an appearance or two down at San Diego Comic-Con, which should be fun. And I'll be at San Diego Comic-Con. I'll be at Rocky Mountain Fur-Con about two weeks later. And after that, I think we will both be at Rain First. Yes. And that's our upcoming schedule. <laughs> My upcoming schedule is several months and then Rain First. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We might be able to drag you out somewhere. Uh, maybe we'll have to see about that. See how busy I am writing and editing between Summer Hill and the Secret Project. True. And we do have to figure out when and where our live show is going to be, and uh, we'll work with Kit on that. And we promise we will let you all know once we do pick a date. Yeah, I had a few people ask me, "Hey, have you determined where and when you're doing that?" I'm like, "I promise we'll tell you on the show. <laughs> We're not going to not tell people where and when it's going to be. That would kind of kill the point." That would right. The whole purpose of a live show is to have people show up. So. We will tell you well in advance. Um, Pyramid may or may not appear. <laughs> oh, I think it has to now. It better. <laughs> Kid is sighing in resignation. Like, what the hell are you two people doing? The yifty thousand dollar pyramid. Oh, you had to go there. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. But at least you didn't say pyramid. Oh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you are a horrible creature. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to sign off before this degenerates into just us laughing at in-jokes back and forth. Stay, stay, stay happy with your writing, folks. Keep going, keep writing, and uh, write into the show. I think we asked you for a bunch of stuff last show, and hopefully by the time this appears we'll have gotten some responses to that. Yeah. Do what we tell you. Yes. Obey the fox and otter. And have a good night.